Good afternoon, everyone. This is another episode of the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner. And I'm Ryan. And today we're going to be talking about uh, telemetry and open source. Uh, Ryan, I think you and I have uh, a, maybe a different take on this, uh, but it's something that I think could benefit the open source community if it's done right. Um, let's let's jump into this story. Uh, this is we don't actually have like a story. We're just going to talk about this idea, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So right. Um, let's just jump into it. I've seen and even uh, Audacity lately got hammered for including telemetry in their product in in uh, the Audacity program, which Yandex and Google Analytics to do that probably not the the right decision. But yeah. uh, overall, I am in favor of telemetry in open source projects so long as it's not collecting identifying information, more so the broad strokes of user habits. Um, what do you think? Uh, you know, I'm actually uh, pretty much in uh, agreement with you on that. I think uh, there are like four major things that need to be considered. Um, the first is like if you have opt-in telemetry, that's fine, right? And I don't think that it even matters yeah. like so much how it's like maintained. Like if you're using Google Analytics, as long as you say that up front and it's opt in, that's fine. If you have opt out analytics or, or metrics, then, um, I still think it's okay as long as like at first boot, it says, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Uh, here's how the chain of custody works with our, uh, metrics gathering. And then there's a little prompt that says, you know, undo. Um, because metrics are only as good as the quality that you're getting. Like if you're getting like only like 30% of people opting into metrics, you know, at telemetry collection, then that's, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? Like that's not a good, big enough yep. sample size in my opinion. So, I think that it's fine to do opt out as long as maybe at install and at first boot, it gives you the option like right up front to opt out. Um, I said there were four things and I'm already blanking on them. Um, chain of custody. That's another thing. Uh, chain of custody and maintaining uh, unique identifiers. Those are the two other things. Chain of custody is really important. If you're, if you are collecting, uh, unique identifiers for users, then you have to be like in control of the entire, uh, chain of custody of that data. Like you are like whoever's collecting it is responsible for it. Um, and the last thing was, um, unique identifiers. So if you have unique identifiers, like that's, I, I'm actually not in favor of identifiers. I think that it's useless. Like you don't actually need that kind of stuff. So instead what you should do is collect like you should have like little tests rather than and and collect data that way rather than sampling everything the user's doing, right? 
and it shouldn't matter who is doing what, right? It should only matter that this is that this percentage of people find this button and change that setting, right? Um, oh. Yeah. So those are those are my criteria for um, and, uh, telemetry in in open source. Um, w- what do you think? I've had a bit of a a class on this in a way in working at at Thunderbird. Um, The, the way that I used to think about it was I probably would have said opt-in is the way to go. But then at Thunderbird, I know that most users just don't opt in. And then you collect information about a type of person who would opt in and then it's very skewed towards someone who understands the value of telemetry and is willing to make that decision to share some of their data. Um, yeah. Underbird does show a big, when you install it and you run it, it shows a big privacy policy um, that's supposed to be as human readable as possible. And I think that it is, it, it's pretty good. And it tells you what data is going to be collected and how it's going to be used. And the best thing that we've managed to do both us and the Firefox team is D is, uh, just make sure that that, that data doesn't have any identifying information. Uh, so, we have this very, very detailed uh, level system of like what it's level one through four, one through five. I think that says like this data falls under level one, which is like very innocuous. Like no one cares about type of data. And then it steps through these levels of what is of more identifying types of data. And, uh, and Mozilla says, like, hey, we're these these tiers we're just not going to collect, period. Mm-hmm. Because their their potential of being able to identify someone with that data is just too high. But also there's been a lot of innovation there around around finding ways to get good data without uh being able to unmask somebody, unmask a user. And uh, it's very useful because in Thunderbird's case, we have 20 million users, but we have maybe thousand people who will who will actually participate in our community in any given year. And so and maybe more than that, but actively participate, and provide feedback. And and oftentimes the people who end up doing that are very they're either technically competent or they are uh, just very, very opinionated. And that's fine, but that's not representative of all users, especially when your user base is that large. And so you need to get some idea. I feel like you sh- you want to at least get some idea of how you can better serve your users oddly. And if we based everything off of the people who are most active in the project, the application would look very different. Yeah. But we find that oftentimes the way a power user 
uses the application versus your normal user is is quite different and and so it's good to have that information to be able to say in a community discussion like someone's like we need to change this because it's better and it's good to be able to say well most users don't use thunderbird like that and so <laughs> while that may fit your use case broadly it doesn't fit most people's use case and otherwise that person the or the people who make up the majority, their voice wouldn't necessarily be at the table. And um, and I've heard a lot of arguments for why you can do surveys and things like that. But even so, there's always going to be a large swath of people who just don't want to participate in those types of things. And right. uh, telemetry gives them a way to be represented and to have their use cases represented. Yeah, and, and and surveys too fail in one crucial area. It's like, sur- you 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 send out a survey and you're like, hey, existing you know Thunderbird fans, do this, like fill out this form and let us know what you think. But like a lot of times, what people think they want isn't what they actually want, right? Like, yeah, that's a great point. It, I I I remember this story about that Steve Jobs told, where he's like, people are like, oh yeah, I want iTunes to randomize my music when I'm playing, uh, when I put the shuffle button on on in iTunes, and then and then people started complaining when they implemented that because it wasn't quote unquote random enough. But people don't know what random actually is, right? Like most people think random means that thing, like, you know, if you have a hundred songs by Radiohead in your iTunes collection and you have 15 songs from a couple other artists, you know, each, then ra- two radio song, Radiohead songs should never play next to each other because that's how random <laughs> works, right? But that's not how random works. And most people don't know that. And, and that's like not even the best example because it's like, you know, you, you send out the survey, you're like, Hey, would you like it if your inbox was randomized or whatever? Like people would, people could say, yeah, that, that sounds great. But what does that mean to actual end users? So the fact is yeah. what, what is important is to get information about how people actually use it. That and then yeah, use just, inform your decision making based on how people actually use the software. There's this concept too of people kind of projecting how they wish they were versus how they are. Yeah. And they may say, like, yeah, that sounds great because like in a perfect world, that's how I wish this would work, but that doesn't mean that they work that way. Right. So they may say, like, yeah, I would love for I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good example of that in the Thunderbird use case, but they may say, yeah, I would love if, um, I don't know. I, I don't have one off the top of my head, but if this worked that way, but ultimately may that's assuming they're assuming their best day of managing email. <laughs> yeah. They're that they're doing everything exactly how they imagined would be like, this is how, I should be managing my email. And so of course Thunderbird should work this way because this is that perfect world where I manage my email in the correct way and respond to everything in a timely fashion and yeah. tag everything and move you know, things put it in the, the right correct folder folders. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But ultimately people they're asked they may sometimes they're aspirational when they're filling out surveys, not necessarily 
realistic Pac-Man. about, or they don't understand that they that what they're imagining is not realistically how they use email even. No. So it's the same for every application, I think. And, and it's, uh, I think we as a community have to get around this idea, get our head around this idea that collecting data about people is not always bad. Yeah. If it's, if it's, you can be privacy respecting and collect data about a person that isn't that isn't um, harmful to them. I think there, and I think you have to make you have to like argue those things every time. And I know in Mozilla you have kind of like a adversarial thing, even amongst the developers and the team, because oftentimes we do this we always do this as part of our process is we have people on the team who argue the other way and we have a spirited discussion. You know, is that act, do we actually need that data? Does that actually help us? Like, does that actually respect the user? And I think that, I think that, uh, as long as you're talking with your community about the decisions you're making, talking to your, to other, you know, people who care a lot about, privacy within the project i think you can walk that line although as i say it i also think about (laughs) yeah like i don't know there there are things that probably what am i trying to say here there's there are threats to privacy even if data is collected responsibly right i think that's what you're trying to say yeah and it's really important to yeah it's really important to be vigilant about um, the kind of data that you're collecting and how you're processing it, how you're storing it. Um, you know, let's say that you're collecting, let's say that for, for whatever reason, there is a legitimate use case for collecting, um, information about like subject lines, right? Not saying that there ever would be, yeah. but let's just say for the sake of the argument that there is. Um, and you just are collecting subject lines and, and, you know, how do you store that information in such a way that you can guarantee that that data can't then be used by someone who's hacked in and stolen that information or even just a malicious employee, right? Like, how do you guarantee that that doesn't, you know, if you're collecting subject lines and also doing like a unique identifier that becomes very easily and arbitrary to identify a a not insignificant portion of your data set, right? You can, you can probably identify several people, um, doing that. And so like, there are lots of things that you can do. Like if, if for whatever reason you're collecting like GPS information, right. And a unique identifier, you can actually go in and, Mix them up, right? And like, just change the unique identifier, move, like swap, uh, identifiers so that they, I can't remember the actual term for it, but like, you can, it's like, it makes it so that the data individually is useless, but in aggregate, it is not affected at all, 
right? Like where you can analyze yeah. things in aggregate. But if you like just have one user's uh, database entry, whatever you've collected about them, it's useless because there's no guarantee that any of it is correct. Like, or yeah. was collected from that user. Um, yeah. So there there's are also all these different ways in which, sorry, there's also all these different ways in which, so I keep talking about Bazil cause they're the ones that I at least have been exposed to. Yeah. And so, and they're, they have enough users that it's meaningful and, and they have a lot of stuff like that where essentially they make sure like, um, knowing kind of some basic information about a person's region is helpful. But of course you don't want that connected to anything remotely (laughs) close to like any, any other data. And so they, there's like all these complex mechanisms, which you can find on, uh, they have publicly documented all this stuff, but all these really interesting mechanisms for just kind of scrambling all that data so that, so that you can know like kind of what region people are are in 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 the world but you don't it's not connected to any information about usage or anything like that mm-hmm. which yeah in aggregate is still useful because you want to know do we have more more users in Japan or do we have more users in the states because that changes yeah. a lot of what you focus on, um, for for instance, especially like around localization and things like that. Right. But of course, you know that's some of the data that steps into that territory of dangerous. Um, you know, knowing kind of the general place where someone is from, so you don't want that to be related to any kind of <laughs> any kind of uh, identifying information and. And so, yeah, I think that that, but we need to be spending more time figuring out ways to do this because I don't think the answer ultimately is like let's just not collect any of this data because it's useful. It is useful to these teams that are trying to create a better application for you know the end user. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there are companies that are using telemetry for evil things. But generally, open source projects generally <laughs> are trying to use it in order to improve the application. Yeah. And that's something that's really important, I think, in the open source space. Like, if we want to provide a user experience that is, you know, at least at parity with like proprietary offerings then there needs exactly. to be some form of um, telemetry that we, you know, use to inform our decision-making w- with features and, like, what pr- applications we actually focus on. Like, for example, um, like a desktop environment is a great example of that, right? Like, desktop environments that don't collect any metrics, I don't think any of them do right now. Am I right about that? I'm not sure. I think you're probably right. I I, I don't know, but I haven't seen anything. I know that, that Gnome at least like observes people like in like person, right? Usability studies. Yeah. Yeah. And research. That is really important 
because you know you have to know like is this widget that we just designed actually solving the problem that we designed it to solve right like if you're not doing that then you're literally just wasting your time um yeah and the idea of yeah. like your desktop environment like collecting doing like studies uh that are responsible and that are limited in scope and only solve like work to answer a single question or maybe like a small collection of questions. That's how it can be done responsibly. Yep. Usability studies are very helpful. So, but I'm going to compare them to telemetry. Um, usability studies are helpful for, for helping make design decisions a lot. Get to see hope, hopefully a, a, a large enough uh, set of people interact with this stuff. Uh, and they're not, they haven't been a part of your development team. So they're coming into it new and, uh, and to see where things fall flat. But even then, I think that it's not a good replacement for telemetry because there no. are so many questions that you have to answer. If you're a part of a project, for instance, okay, one easy one. Uh, we collect the type of accounts that you've set up in Thunderbird. Uh, so we don't know anything else about them. We just know IMAP, POP, uh, RSS, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And they're completely anonymized, but we want to know what percentage of our users are have IMAP accounts set up what percentage of our users have pop? What percentage of our users are using, you know, are using the RSS feature? And uh, we have uncovered some interesting things there. You can see them all. Uh, our telemetry is uh, public. It's at stats.thunderbird.net. Um, but you can see the different uh, protocols and what their usage is. And right away, you can see some things where it's like, okay, uh, this is used by like five people, which helps us decide like, okay, do we want to spend a ton of money, time or resources, making sure that that, you know, focused on that feature. If not many people are using it versus like, if there's a problem in IMAP, which is, you know, like 80% or 90% of users, like if if a problem crops up there, like we really need to get on that because it's affecting the most, the highest number of people. Yeah. And so it's for decisions like that, that usability studies can't help you. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at this right here. I'm looking at it and uh, there's 8,472,000 users who have um imap set up and then five million seven hundred and three thousand that have pop three and then it quickly drops off with rss being the next popular and so forth that's fascinating to me like and and this is the kind of invaluable information that lets you as the developers make decisions that will help you know like wisely move your project forward, you know? 
Yep. Yep. Especially when you're talking about spending developer time and money. Yeah. Um, it, there's, there are a number of questions that come up in that. And before we didn't have telemetry when I first hopped on the Thunderbird project, we didn't have any telemetry. And, uh, it was very hard to make decisions around what features we needed to focus on and what we needed to maybe sunset and things like that because mm. everyone was just using anecdotal evidence, you know, like, oh, well, I use it and, you know, I know most of my family or friends use it. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, like, anecdotal, you can only get maybe a person only maximum has like a hundred <laughs> data points there. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and they're skewed cause their, their family and friends come to them when they have yeah, issues exactly. and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. So this gives us a really unbiased and it, and it solves a lot of problems. There are many times when we were talking about with someone in, in bug reports and things like that, and, you know, it allows us to say, hey, I know you love this feature and we'll whatever you want changed with it, we'll get to it when we can. When we can. But ultimately, like if it's only used by 100 people, it's going to be at the back of the line. And if you want to submit a patch, that's great. But. And and those are hard conversations to have, but it's much easier when you can actually make the case to your community, to your users, like these are the high profile things. These are, these are the important things and these are the less important things, which you ultimately have to do. Some people listening in the audience might be upset hearing that, but you know, we don't have infinite time and developer resources and community members can come in and take on projects. But if they're asking the maintainers to do these things, you know, oftentimes maintainers feel a lot of pressure to try and fix everybody's problem, but ultimately this gives the maintainers the ability to say, okay, well, this is not high priority because it's not, you know, a feature that most people use and therefore we're going to put that further out on the roadmap and prioritize mm. the things that all of our users are using, which, you know, we could get into open source maintainership, but it's a hard job. Mm. And everybody who comes with a problem, especially when you have 20 million users is, and and there are some projects that have more than that. They're, they're very passionate about whatever problem they've encountered. But that doesn't mean that that's the most pressing problem in the project. Right. And having the ability to know whether or not it's a big deal is vital and all the users who it's affecting aren't going to tell you and all the users who aren't it's not affecting are never going to say anything yeah and so this is the only way to know uh i anyway it's the only way to know what's important and what's not and and that's it that's important when you're working on a proprietary piece of software but it's also important when you're working on an open source piece of software. Yeah. And you know, the thing is with, with telemetry is you're going to get like a lot of people 
in the in our community who are very passionate and dead set against the idea of having telemetry and open source, right? Um, and that's to be expected. I mean, but at the same time, like, what do you actually want from open source? Do you just want software that was made by like one dude who needed to solve a very specific problem and who doesn't give a crap about supporting your use case because it's just his project? You know what I'm saying? Or do you want like a large project that solves a lot of people's issues and, and makes informed decisions based on like, you know, actual data. And I think that there is a, there's like a real, um, sense of like ownership that people have over the open source community and, and, and free, free software. And it's, and they're like, well, it, it can't change. Like we, we can't like change these things. Like we, things have to stay how they have always been, but like, that's not the reality of computers. Like that's not the reality of software. That's not the reality of the world that we live in. And from my perspective, like, I mean, I used to be dead set against all forms of telemetry, right? Like, do you remember when Ubuntu came out and said that they were doing like the, uh, the installer telemetry? Um, Mm, yeah, I do remember that. And I made a video and I was like, no, you can't do this. And uh, like over the years, like my perspective has changed. Like if we want Linux desktops to be better than windows, we have to have the data to make the decisions that improve the software and bring it to feature parity with stuff like windows and Mac. Um, there are bad ways of collecting debt telemetry. Um, but if we can't trust like open source companies, like companies that literally make like the communities trust in them makes or breaks their, their, uh, budget. You know what I'm saying? Like who the heck can we trust? Um, yeah. and it's not saying they, they shouldn't, and I'm, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't criticize companies that do it wrong. Um, because of course we should, right? That's part of our job as like end users and free software lovers. If someone, if a company's doing it wrong, like, like, uh, Audacity did when they said they were going to use Yandex and Google Analytics, like, yeah, you call them out on that. But they're, you call them out for that reason. You don't just say, oh, well, there's, you, there's no such thing as good telemetry because that's patently false. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And there's also not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of examples out there that that at least have a lot of visibility for ways to do it. Like I, I feel for the Audacity folks, and granted, I I've only read one story at this point about yeah. that whole thing that went down. But I feel bad for them because it is hard to know what what technology to use in order to collect that telemetry. That's still that's still ensures that you're not ha- handing off this data to a company that has doesn't have a good pra- uh track record on privacy. Yeah. And so and the other uh, thing is about that too I, is it's like, you know, if your developers and and if your developers only have experience with Google Analytics and Yandex and you come in and you say, 
hey, you guys, we can't use those anymore, even though they're that's the ones that they're familiar with. Like that adds a, a ton of additional cost for them to learn and get up to speed with whatever else. I mean, it's probably worth it. Like, yep. Don't get me wrong, but like that's another thing to consider as well. Yeah, this I think uh, I, I feel for folks who are anti telemetry, though, only because look at what we have for examples of yeah. the use of telemetry. Oh, yeah. We have these some of these companies that that collect just everything. That's yep. and of course, if all you if your culture of your company and your culture of your organization is we're going to use this data to extract all of the money that we can out of somebody all of the worth that we can yep. then then like you're gonna there's as long as you have the space <laughs> the the actual like uh storage space to store this data you're gonna collect as much as possible yep and so i think of the facebooks and googles of the world like like space is cheap like let's just collect everything that we possibly can about every interaction about every detail of the user that we can manage to pick up and then, you know, we're going to monetize that. And so I understand why people dislike telemetry um, because we've had people use it in disgusting ways. And, but then again, uh, we open source should be, and I think we are, I think that there are a lot of more projects out there than there were even a couple of years ago that are kind of taking back telemetry and, finding ways to do this that that respect the user but also help the developer make sound decisions. Yeah. I know that Mozilla has this clean project which is all about like telemetry done in a way that's you know privacy respecting and they they've detailed how to incorporate that into other open source projects. Mm. And uh there but there there are other folks who are thinking about this quite a lot. I know that even a couple of years ago, um, I used to get uh, coffee with Cassidy from the elementary project every week, and he was very interested in seeing if there was some some project <laughs> that could be spun up that was focused specifically on privacy respecting telemetry, and yeah. uh, and so a lot of a lot of folks are thinking about this, and and I think we can do as a community is is say have a more nuanced view not all telemetry is bad yeah. but it has to be done right and it has to be done in a privacy respecting way yep yeah i i completely agree i think there is space uh for an open source project to help with this like to to kind of you know collect and maintain this information in a privacy respecting way. And also I think it's really important for like, you know, these companies that are collecting the telemetry to self host it. Like, you know, let's say that, let's say that somebody comes along and creates an open source telemetry gathering tool, but it's centralized. And so, you know, like they control the server, they have all the data that's bad. That creates profit motives for that company to start making bits and pieces of what they're doing proprietary. And so like, it's really important for, you know, Mozilla or, um, 
any any project like audacity they should all that they should all self-host that it should be run on their servers they have control over it um and that does introduce like security considerations like um who's maintaining it and are they updating it when when there's security patches that need to be applied like yeah i get that as well but that all comes back to like where where much is given much is expected right and so if if open source is going to do it right they got to do it right yep yeah and that's part of why at least at thunderbird you know we have that stats page and we try to update it as we add more more telemetry probes because uh well it's it's some of that one if we don't collect anything that we don't make public, then like the public can always gauge whether or not they're, our users can always gauge whether or not they're comfortable with what we're collecting. So you can look at the page and you can, you can say, well, wow, uh, we don't like that you're collecting this. Like stop doing that. Um, which is extreme, and I don't think all companies are going to do that, or all open source projects are going to do that. But, but most open source projects probably should do that. Yes, <laughs> like uh, you're. That's that's part of your. For me, that's part of your agreement with the community. Yep. Uh, is you're participating in development? Okay. Well, here's some of the things we use. These 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 are this is what we use to make decisions. So. You need to have access to that too. And uh, sure, you're going to have competitors who are proprietary also looking at that data, especially for Thunderbird. That means that the Microsofts of the world or the you know other email, provi- email clients out there get to look and say, oh, this is what Thunderbird has, yeah. <laughs> which, you know. But that's does, part of open that source. Does. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, you either win by your principles or or you know if you if you leave your principles in order to win it's it's uh maybe not worth winning in my opinion and so yeah uh yep but yeah so telemetry what do we think i think overall in the linux and open source and free software world i think telemetry can be a good thing um and that's kind of a hot take. <laughs> yep. I think so too. Obviously. Uh, brought this up because I spent all day just looking at, <laughs> you know, the stuff that Thunderbird is doing and doing kind of an assessment of where we could improve. And, and, uh, yeah, it just so happens that it's been a, uh, t- hot topic in up uh, for other projects as well. And, and it's something we need to really figure out in open source software. Cause I think if we can find a way to do it consistently, that also reflects our values as a community, that we could unlock a lot of really great innovation yeah. and make some really good decisions with our projects. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. I would love to know what everybody out there thinks about telemetry. Um, you know, if you're angry about what we're saying here, at least be angry in a respectful way. Uh, but you can send us an email, show at offtopical.net, uh, and let us know what you think. Sound off 
in the inbox there. So, Ryan, mm-hmm. did you hear that System76 turned 16 years old uh, just a few days ago on November 8th? Yeah, that's crazy. Like, half my age. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, they're able, uh, I mean, they're old enough to drive at this point, like get their license or permit anyway, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, they can, they, they can go wherever they want. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, uh, that when I saw that about something Carl told me, which is when they started, they, um, they didn't just sell computers and I'm not even sure that all the compute, all the computers that they sold were. Very early on, like I'm not sure they even sold necessarily System 76 computers, but that that part's a little fuzzy to me, though, story. But I know that Carl also sold, Carl's the CEO, he was, they were also selling like Linux compatible devices, which was much more rare than not everything that you just plugged in worked with Linux. And so they were selling like printers, like mm. not System 76 brand printers, but just like I don't know what brands, but we could probably do archive.org and see. Yeah. But they were selling like printers and other random peripherals that that they knew worked with Linux and that, you know, they could guarantee worked with that. And so, yeah, it's come a long way making its own desktop and and uh, and other things on the way, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, happy birthday yeah. to them. I mean, that like System76 is one of my favorite companies ever. Like I just I mean, there I I know I I work with them, so full disclosure, like I've done a lot of work with them and for them, so whatever. And Ryan used to work there as well, but it's like <laughs> dude, like I love System76 and the people that work there are just amazing uh amazing folks. So um yeah. I just they like have went, a wonderful Go ahead. Go ahead. They have a wonderful culture too. Oh, they yeah. have a, a a culture of of creativity and like when you have an idea, like it was, it's always given the room to like you know grow and and everybody hears you out and and that and that's great for a, for an open source you know a, an open source based company like you you need that culture in order to innovate and and they have that so that's it's it's a great place to work and it's and it's a good set of people yeah yep absolutely um i literally just went to archive.org and looked at like (laughs) one of their first websites uh and they have notebooks desktops media centers servers portable devices monitors and tvs printers and software that's what they're they have a a bunch of stuff. Let's click on software. Let's see what they're selling here for software. Archive.org. Oh, they have, uh, they have an Ubuntu Linux disk for $199. <laughs> um, what is really? Man, I, I want that today. Right. Like 604. Like what, what are we talking? <laughs> I don't know what version we're talking about, but wow. Yeah. That's, uh, let's, let's go to printers. Let's go to printers. Let's see what they're selling for printers. I'm going to bet it's brother printers. What do you think? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm trying to think. 
that far back what would be the most compatible. It looks like know. HPs to me. They got inkjet. This is this is just cool. I I HP. Yeah, it's all HP. That's pretty cool though. That there's that they were really like kind of reselling or 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 whatever is it re- retailing these printers? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Dude, um, this makes this makes me inspired though. I'm going to send you we're going to figure something out for one of your videos. So yeah. here's here's what I'm gonna do. We were just talking about buying those CDs off of the System76 old website, the archive.org website. Yeah. I had a ton of those. Like just for all these different distributions. I used to go and buy the magazines, you know, the Linux magazines that had those in the back. Yeah. I wonder if I can find one of these old CDs and then y- for one of your videos, you should install, <laughs> like you should get a CD drive, see if you can install like one of these old ass distributions Yeah, <laughs> uh, and see, see how you like it. Review it like you're like, it's like, it just came out. Absolutely. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's a cool Bonus idea. Points if you can somehow get steam running on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I mean, yeah, happy birthday to System76. We've already said that, but I mean, these guys are, are awesome and their company has grown. Um, and I mean, even just like between 2019, the last time I went out there and then 2021, like they had expanded their operations like significantly. I, I don't know if you've seen the video I did about their, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's, it's a pretty interesting video, but like they've, like really stepped up their game and they're manufacturing not just like computers now, like, and the Thaleo like kit chassis, like right there in Denver, but they're also like, um, making like, uh, their, their new, um, launch keyboard. I was struggling for a second. They, they're making the keyboard there in house. Um, and they have other things that that's, that's coming down the pipeline that I'm really stoked for. So, I mean, happy birthday, System76. I can't wait to see what another 16 years brings for your company. Wow, yeah. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah, happy birthday, System76. Um, Ryan, yet another episode that I think turned out pretty well. What do you think? I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. We'll see what the we'll see what the audience says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one thing for us to like, you know, pat each other on the back or whatever, but you know, we want to hear from you guys. So send us an email. Yeah. Um, but uh, cool. A little bit shorter of an episode, but that was kind of like the point. This episode, we I, we both have stuff we got to get done. Um, but uh, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you being here. Uh, if you haven't already, you can follow us on YouTube. Uh, you can also subscribe on any of the uh, podcasting apps that you might use. If you go to offtopical.net, there are links to all of those things. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening and have a great day. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>